The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News. We're glad you're with us. This is Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, will be with us in just a second. We're really happy to have you. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And we always have great guests, and today uh, our show features Mary Jane Ryan. Let me tell you about MJ as she goes by. She is an inspirational author and coach and is one of the creators of the New York Times bestselling Random Acts of Kindness series and also the author of Adaptability, How to Survive Change You Didn't Ask For, also This Year I Will, the Happiness Makeover, Attitudes of Gratitude, The Power of Patience, Trusting Yourself, The Giving Heart, and uh, 30, 365 Health and Happiness Boosters, among other titles. So she is very uh, prolific. Uh, MJ is a life coach columnist for health and a contributing editor to uh, Good Housekeeping. She has appeared on the Today Show, CNN, and hundreds of radio shows. She's renowned as a change expert. She specializes in thinking partnerships with individuals around the world. So we're going to pick her brain about some of her work and what she brings to folks. Let me introduce uh, my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. Kathy uh, is a certified coach, and she's the co-founder of the renowned executive consultancy, H2C, and it stands for Happy Companies, Healthy People. And she's an author of multiple bestsellers and a bunch of in-demand conference uh, speaker. Kathy, welcome to the call. Thanks, Relly. It's a pleasure to be here with you and MJ today. And for those of you who um, are not familiar with Dr. Relly Nadler, let me make sure that you know that he is a master-level certified executive coach. He is a psychologist, a corporate leadership and team trainer. And Dr. Nadler brings his expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and training. And Dr. Nadler's Leader's Playbook provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers. And listen more this year for the re-release of the latest and greatest version of Leader's Playbook. Uh, Relly and I, we just love to bring everyone the best in current leadership topics and interviews with proven leaders and provide evidence-based <coughs> practices to help you be your best and develop more both yourself and leaders in your organization. And as you know, we all believe and we feel that leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. But some leaders can underestimate just how much influence they have over others. And as a result, they can underperform. 
and so can we. But doing just a few things differently, we can dramatically improve our performance and your organization. So in every one of our shows, Relly and I really strive to bring you something about how to develop leaders in your organization, something about what happy companies know about performance and emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies to be your best, both at home and at work. We love to share anything we find that's helpful in the area of brain and behavioral neuroscience. Certainly, we know that gender and generation differences will make an impact on our lives, so we hope to bring you something that helps you get better at understanding others. Work-life balance practices and strategies for managing yourself and your boss are always top of mind. We're going to talk about tools and tips to be your best, and today we're going to do that with MJ Ryan. Relly, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the science behind leadership and why it's so important for us to understand that we can make a difference. Sure. Thanks, Kathy. Well, on Leadership Development News, we talk about leaders uh, all the time and tips and tools that will may help you. And the reason is the leader is in a really powerful position. A lot of research has shown that they have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of the team. And that's why we call the, the leader the emotional thermostat on the team. So if they're clear, calm, and cool, so is their team. If they're terse, upset, uh, and agitated, typically so is their team. And one of the keys to being a star performer, and we define that as someone being in the top 10%, uh, is emotional intelligence. And if you look at emotional intelligence, how smart someone is, IQ, and technical expertise, a lot of the research is showing that up to about 85 to 95% of the key factors that put someone in the top 10% is emotional intelligence. And leaders, why this top 10% is so important, think about the people that you're developing. If you can get someone in the top 10%, a lot of the research shows that they produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th through the 89th. And also we know um, that when you have training, that's very important for organizations, and you get about a 22% increase in productivity. But if you can also add coaching, so all three of us on the phone here are coaches, Kathy, MJ, and myself. If you add coaching to training, there's about an 88% boost in productivity. And the key to doing that in these calls or shows, if you can get one or two key things, what we like to call micro-initiatives, that you can do a little differently for yourself and for your team, that can make a big difference or a macro impact. So if you want more information about uh, Kathy, her website is www h2cleadership.com. She has uh, happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. And my website, if you want more information about me, is www.truenorthleadership for emotional intelligence books. There's some free EI assessments, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. So, Kathy, maybe you can tell us a little bit uh, more about MJ. We always like to kind of expand a little bit on the bio and then ask her a series of questions. Well, you know, there is such a, um, an array of breadth here in MJ's work. And um, I think the book that drew my attention uh, to MJ was This Year I Will, um, you know, that, that whole thing, This Year I Will, I Will, and how to finally change a habit or keep a resolution or make a dream come true. And um, then when I saw her book, Adaptability, that was passed along to me uh, by Noel Tishy. Uh, and uh, we talked about uh, MJ's strengths. I thought, let's just 
get her on the show and talk about all of these great subjects, the happiness makeover, attitudes of gratitude, the power of patience, you know, trusting yourself, the giving heart. I mean, there's so much here. So let's, want, let's just dive right in with MJ, if that's okay with you. And, um, and let me ask you our, our, our first question here, MJ, and that is, um, tell us a little bit about how you came to work in the area of coaching and well-being. And I know Relly has a big question for you, and we'll come right back to that. So tell us how you came to work in this area of coaching and well-being. Yes, well, actually, I used to be a book publisher, and um, I founded a, a, a company in Berkeley and ran it for 14 years, and we did books that were inspirational self-help books, psychology, business. So I was I was editing and, and publishing in this area, and I began. We we happened on to do this little book called Random Acts of Kindness that. I actually wrote, and um, it caused this phenomena of people writing to us. An explosion was on the bestseller list. It became an entire movement, which we started a nonprofit for. And I want didn't want to be a hypocrite. I wanted to, if I was going to publish about kindness, I wanted to practice it. And so when I started to practice, I realized, oh, I got happier in my life. And I, this is actually before the positive psychology movement. And so I on my own said, okay, well, that worked. What else could work? And so then I started to think that, well, people who are happier and, and more successful than me were also more grateful. So I thought, hmm, let me study that. Let me practice that. And so I, I, I started uh, experimenting with myself, basically, uh, originally. And I got so interested in this that I ended up selling my company and going to work with one of my authors uh, as a member of Professional Thinking Partners. And we work with executives around the world now uh, using a, a, a lot of these same uh, techniques and tools that I had, had worked on myself with first. So, MJ, that's really, that's really fascinating. I'm, I am uh, interested in, in just seeing how do you, how, uh, what was the difference that made the difference to have you go from a publisher to an author? Because many people may think, oh, I, I think I could write. It was a just... Uh, we were bootstrapping our company. It was, you know, one of those typical in-your-house in your kinds of things. And one of the key expenses as a publisher is paying authors royalties. So we decided to come up with some books that I would write, and so therefore we didn't have to pay me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's really, I, I became an author by accident. <laughs> and uh, I just learned that I really liked it and that I was really good at it. And so, uh, but it was a fluke. It was a money-saving uh-huh. <laughs> strategy. That's great. Now, MJ, in your book, you talk about so many different topics, and you seem to be an inspirational writer. You write about kindness, about patience, about you know, adaptability and happiness. Uh, were there perhaps um, some challenges that you came through that gave you insight into these subjects? Well, I think a couple things. One is that I really was on a campaign to learn how to be happier in my life. When I started this, I was in my late 30s, and I knew why I was miserable, but like so many of us, I didn't know what to do to make myself happier. Um, And I just started to think and observe and read everything that people wrote about the subject and practice myself, these qualities. So they they started from things that I wanted to grow in myself. And... um, then, while I was on my own little <laughs> exploration, 
there's been this explosion, as we all know now, of this positive psychology, which is looking at these very same factors, looking at why why is gratitude um, useful? Why is kindness, um, what does it do for us, and, and why should we cultivate it? And so there was then this whole research backing to the very things that I had discovered um, anecdotally and, and working with people. So that made it even more interesting to me. And then I got really fascinated with the brain science connection between all of this. And so I've weaved that piece in as well. So there is, um, I have my own practice of these things that I'm trying to grow in myself. There's this, the positive psychology aspects of, of, of all of the research being done as, as to why this works, and then the neuroscience that backs it up. So it's just very fascinating to me, both on the intellectual level and also on the, um, on the uh, emotional level. Well, MJ, we're going to go to a quick break, and we'll be right back. So don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today we're talking with MJ Ryan. She's uh, written a uh, series of books, uh, Adaptability, Random Acts of Kindness. And um, during the break, we were talking about how you've been doing this, MJ, for, for 30 years. Um, you know, so that's probably 10, 15 years before the whole positive psychology movement started. And um, one of the things that will be interesting is what you said you tried a lot of these things on your own first. What, what have you found as a daily practice to really help you? And then we'll kind of talk about how you bring us into organizations. Right. So my key practice is a practice of gratitude, um, and really it's extremely simple. You just notice what's right. You just notice what's right in your life. You just notice what's right about yourself, about the situation. And uh, it turns out that there's all kinds of research that shows that uh, this is a good thing to do. Uh, It enhances your health. It makes you more connected to other human beings. Uh, It it, it creates resilience. It's actually when I when I came to write Adaptability, which is my most recent book, I tur- I ran into all this research that I never had known about before about the power of gra- uh, practicing gratitude for being able to bounce back from setbacks. So from challenges, whether they're business challenges or, or, or uh, emotional challenges, the ability to say, okay, that's true, and what else can I focus on that is right, that's good, that's still whole, that's still wonderful in my life, is a key um, capacity of, of resilience. So it's really an all-round, all-purpose, fabulous <laughs> practice. It's so simple to do. So tell us what kind of day is it? Do you do it in the morning? I do uh, it. I happen to do it at the dinner table with my husband and my child and whoever else happens to be having dinner with us. Uh. You can write it down. You can do it while you're driving. You don't have to write it. It's just about saying, okay, in what what's right today? Uh-huh. And a key piece of it that's really important is to ask yourself the question also about what did you do well? And here's why, and this is what the, the, the professional thinking partners, our um, orientation is to what's called an asset focus. And it's really coming to understand your strengths and talents as a leader, deeply understanding your ability, that your unique combination of talents that is your capacity for excellence. Uh, and when you know that, then you know what, what you have to use to overcome your challenges. Otherwise, it's like having, um, you know, a safety deposit box between your ears and not having the key to it. So gratitude, when you stop and say, okay, what did I do well today? Uh, where, where Then we have the ability to use those resources in, in other situations. People always say to me all the time, well, what do you need to be a leader? What, what are the qualities that you need? You need to know what kind of leader you are given your particular unique combination of gifts and talents. And that's the greatest leader is you being you. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree with that more because I think most people 
uh, always want to to look at themselves and compare themselves to other people instead of looking at what they do well and what they can be grateful that they have done well. Exactly. And one of the one of the uh, most fascinating things to me was many years ago I came across an article. It was either in Fortune or Newsweek or something, and they said, "Are there?" Any, it was at, at the Enron debacle, and they, it was an article. Are there any good CEOs in the world? And they profiled four people, and they were to- they were totally and completely different from one another. One was very Team-oriented, hands, a uh, 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 relational, you know, the guy who walked around and said knew everybody's name and their, how their grandmother was doing, and then we had the very tightly contro- um, financially controlled guy. We had the person who was fabulous at operations, and we had the visionary, innovative um, CEO. And each one of them was being profiled for being great. What they did was they knew where their greatness was, and they grew that even more. And that's why for gratitude helps us. Focus on that. Now, you um, you have twenty quick tips for surviving change you didn't ask for, um, and I'm curious if you can share some of these quick quick tips. Sure. So when when um, something happens that you didn't ask for, uh, whether again, if whether it's a professional challenge or a personal challenge. We tend to, the first thing we need to do is figure out what is actually happening. Not the stories that we have about what's happening, but the data, the facts. And then we need to say, all right, so if this is true, how can I best relate to this? Where people get stuck, however, is they tend to ask, why? Why is this happening? And a certain amount of analysis of why may be useful. But in fact, you know, if the house is burning down, it's not the time to figure out, okay, why is this house burning down? <laughs> Instead to say, we've got to figure out how to blow out the fire and, and where we're going to live rather than, and later on maybe we can see that it was because we left the stove on. But people tend to get stuck in the why. And the, really the, the, the people who adapt easily ask quickly, what can I do about this? What, what's an action I can take? So looking for where you can have control in a situation is key to being a fast adapter. Beautiful. So that's great. Um, MJ, is there another, what's the next one? Because, like, uh, Kathy, you're bringing this in, which I think is, is excellent for our listeners. What would be another? Well, uh, another one yeah. is, of course, that you absolutely need support. When something is going on that's challenging, you have an emotional reaction as well as a, um, a logical reaction. You know, we really have two brains. We have the brain that is our prefrontal cortex, which is we're logical and linear and rational, and then we have an emotional brain, which is doing something which is only searching for is this threatening or rewarding. And when it perceives a threat and change that you didn't ask for is always perceived as a threat. Um, then you, it has its own life. It has its own reaction. It has its own um, emotional reality. That's why we can say, well, logically I know this, but I'm doing this other thing. It's because the limbic system is actually more in charge of us most of the time than our rational brains, particularly when it views something as a threat. It actually turns off your capacity to think rationally and to remember, and it's, on, it's living on the fight-or-flight instinct. Recently, I came across new research that shows that under what it's scanning for is very relevant for what we're talking about in terms of adapting, which is that if it sees as a threat to one of five things, first, status, 
Second is certainty. Third, autonomy. Am I going to be able to do what I want with my life? A, uh, the next one is uh, 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 relatedness. So am I going to be kicked out of the tribe? Uh, and the last one is fairness. So the acronym is SCARF. So in any situation, part of your brain is looking for, is this a threat to my status, to certainty, to my autonomy, to, to relatedness, or to fairness? And if it perceives a threat, it turns on and it, you're in fight or flight. Now, this is beautiful because one of the questions that Relly and I had on, <clears throat> pardon me, on our list was, what challenges do you believe we all face trying to be truly adaptable? Yes. And what you've just identified is this SCARF model, which is mm-hmm. so easy for our audience and listeners to think about and carry with them and apply, uh, is so simple. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to repeat it again to make sure everybody yes. heard. So the first thing is, you're going to respond to how this impacts your status, yes. which is really your ability to get something done, your mm-hmm. power, right? Yeah. Is it, am I going down lower on the totem pole? And so let me give you an example about that. Good. So perform at 360 evaluations. These things, no they matter how the they're done, pejesus out of me. <laughs> they threaten these five things. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how skillful the person is, you're thinking, oh, no, I'm being judged, and I'm going to be going up or down now in status, and and what about if I'm going to get fired, like that. And so your brain cuts off the capacity to think rationally, and you're literally in this terrorized fight or flight. So that's where you can be angry, or you can be frozen, or you can be paralyzed, or afterwards you can go, I don't even remember what went on there. And then when you talk about certainty... Uh, and really, please chime in here. To me, certainty is knowing the future. Exactly. And and one of the things you say in your quick tips is you have to focus on a positive future. And I suspect that when you get into this fear of certainty, you're unable to do that. Absolutely. You're you're a panic about well, am I am I am I going to be okay? Can I count on the future? Right. Absolutely. That's so. So if you're laid off, for instance, that really is a threat to certainty. And yeah. certainly to autonomy, too. You didn't have a choice. Um, it just happened to you. And relatedness, because suddenly all those people who you spent most of your time with, you're not with anymore. Now, let's go back to autonomy. And, really, I'd love your thinking on this, because a lot of people think autonomy means my ability to be independent and be successful with just myself. Relly, what, what other de- definitions can you help us with around autonomy that helps our audience understand why our autonomy being threatened is such a big deal. Sure, and I think, uh, like MJ, you're saying this, when Kath and I talk about this, not only does the prefrontal cortex, uh, the light goes out, you lose IQ points. Yes. And so in losing IQ points, and for most of us is temporarily, the autonomy piece is people may be in that fight or, or flight or freeze and, and not moving forward. So what can I do or what can I have my people do? And if you're not really being clear, sometimes it may be around not what you're doing, but can I delegate really well? And if I'm, if I'm operating with 10 or 15 less IQ points, that autonomy could be affected because I'm not even clear about what I should delegate and then how, how do I delegate it? Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Cool. Yes, and, and the thing that's interesting about this is that the, the, the social scientists who have studied this have say that what works to get out of this fight-or-flight state and into our prefrontal cortex again 
is there's two things that work and one that doesn't. Uh-huh. The, the one that doesn't is suppression, trying to pretend you're not threatened. <laughs> uh-huh. it, it actually it dampens your IQ even more uh-huh. and your memory. So pretending that you're not threatened is the worst thing you can do. It also raises the blood pressure of the people around you. Because as you were talking about earlier in the intro, um, how we feel affects other human beings, particularly how leaders feel. So if you're pretending everything's rosy and it's not, it's going to make other people feel worse, too. This is amazing. And we're going to talk some more about this with MJ Ryan. She is a super thinking partner, a speaker, and an author of books on many subjects related to our wellness. So... Don't go away. Come right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence? so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're 
listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with MJ Ryan. We're talking about some of the great work she's doing around adaptability and integrating neuroscience and uh, how to keep your IQ points. And so, MJ, one of the questions that we have is what's the most important thing to keep in mind when someone's preparing to make a, a big life change? And maybe you can draw in you know, some of these tips. And things yeah, I mean, well, uh, let me, before we go on to the change yeah. that you asked for, let me just say one last thing about the sure. change you didn't ask for because it has such an implication for leadership. So the, that, the, to tie things back to gratitude, when you spend time noticing what's right, uh-huh. you actually dampen down the limbic system and get back into your prefrontal cortex. And so, and, and as a leader, you dampen down the, 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 the threat response in the people who, who work for you as well. So uh, focusing on what's right, what did we do well, how was this a win? Um, one of the workshops that I get, have given all around the world is how to give proper praise. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so the brain needs data. So you need to pray. You pray, when you praise efforts, choices, and strategies very specifically, as opposed to good job, you're actually helping the person change, um, and because you're focusing them on what's right about what they're doing, and then like a heat-seeking missile, the brain actually wants to go towards more right, right, right. Uh, as opposed to wrong, 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 avoiding wrong. Because if you're pointing out what's wrong, then you're going to trigger this threat response and they're not going to be able to actually initiate the change that you want. So being positive, but not Pollyanna. It's it's about noticing when it's right and then reinforcing that rightness. So you mentioned also, because you you just reminded me of what we talked about before, that suppression doesn't work. But is gratitude one of the two things that does well, work? Well, does work is labeling, just saying I feel threatened. Right. So, and the other is what's called reframing, and which is how can I look at this in a different way that's not a threat? And gratitude or appreciation or is one of the reframing techniques. Right. So well, what's, what's right about this is a reframing technique. With the gratitude and the labeling and the reframing, just to be able to, to have to look for what is going well, I think that's what is the shift in the brain from the amygdala exactly. to the prefrontal cortex. In a sense, it gets uh, stimulated. Well, what is going well? And you have to think about that, where exactly. maybe that's what you're saying mutes some of the feeling. Exactly, exactly. So that's about change you didn't ask for. Now we're switching to so, your question, which is, okay, so what if you want to make a big life change? Is that was your question? Yes, yes. So you decide you want to actually uh, cultivate something that you didn't have before. Um, so here's the thing: when we were kids, we were natural learners, right? The, we didn't have to we didn't have to have any tricks or techniques. We learned to walk and talk in the first few years of our life, and the reason was because the brain tracks success. This is again about appreciation. The brain, in its natural state, tracks success and discards failure. That's what it does. The baby doesn't stand up and fall down and then go, "I'm a stupid baby. I can't walk. I need walking therapy." <laughs> It just tracks, huh, okay, that, mm, if I do more of this, I'll get more of that. And so what happens, though, is that as we get older, we are 
look, look at ourselves from the outside instead of from the inside, and we begin to track failure instead of success. So when we want to learn something new, first of all, we have to remember we're babies and we're going to learn it. So all we want to do is track the success that we're doing. And we want to mine the mistakes just for data about how to do it better. The key difference between people who change and people who don't is that they, that people who succeed don't turn goof-ups into give-ups. Goof-ups into give-ups? Goof-ups into give-ups is how you fail. So... In other words, you say, I'm going to learn to um, lit, uh, ask more questions in meetings as opposed to just be on broadcast mode all the time as a leader. Okay, so first of all, you have to set up a reminder system because your brain is deeply grooved into doing what it's already doing. So it ha you have to have some kind of external reminder. So when I work with people who want to change anything, for instance, we say, okay, I say, what's an object that you bring with you ever to any meeting you'd ever go to? And they say, a coffee cup or the briefcase or whatever. I said, great. Every time you see that cup, you're going to think, I'm going to ask questions, not make statements, as an example. So external reminder, and then you track how many times you did it right, not that you didn't do it right. So let's say you say, I had 20 meetings, and I only asked questions uh, one time in this meeting over here. All right? What made it possible for you to do it right over there? The more you know what that is, then the more you can create those conditions in the other places. Well, MJ, this is uh, fascinating stuff, and I think both Kathy and I are, are so kind of practitioner and tip-oriented. What you've really done is put together some really, really specific tips, um, what, which is just great. Uh, some really, really good work about how to bring, the, how to bring this home. Yes, and the reason, of course, is because we've got path, we're creating a new pathway. So it's the difference between having a super highway where there's a Maserati that you're driving and no, no traffic versus this little rickety road that you are just building as you're driving. So right. you've got to practice a lot to build that new road, and well, the old road doesn't go away. You know, I use that same metaphor. It's kind of, I don't know if you, have, if you ever did any hiking, it's called bushwhacking, where there is no trail. Exactly. You're, you're kind of just trying to pull across the trees, and I think that's those brand-new neural pathways that you're making. Exactly. But you're also saying that people have to really be conscious about what they're thinking, because unconsciously the brain goes for what's wrong, and you're saying, can you consciously think about what's right? Yeah, and so I'll never forget, I worked with this executive. She was trying to learn how to keep her temper with this, particularly with this guy, a particular person. So she, we were going along fine. She was doing great, and then all of a sudden she calls him, and she goes, I'm a total failure. <laughs> I said, oh, really, what happened? She said, well, I lost it at the meeting with him. I said, so how many times, and what did you do? She said, well, I didn't yell, but after it was over, I stopped down the hall. I said, okay, well, that's better than yelling, which you were doing before, um, and uh, how many meetings have you had with him in the past, whatever it was, two weeks or something, and how many times have you lost your temper? So it turned out that she had been 90% successful, 10% at one time blew it, and, if, and then the brain goes immediately, I'm a failure, I have to give up. This is not an unusual situation. Most of us would say that that is very common, and the difference between those executives who are successful and those are not is their, I guess, ability to control their emotion, well, which part, partly, you know, becomes like a bubblegum machine. Partly, um, certainly. Um, and also, who are what I notice with people who are very highly successful, they're either extremely goal-oriented, so they're very specific. 
I'm going to do X by Y. And therefore, the brain knows what they're supposed to be aiming for. And they don't say 17 things that they're going to do. They pick one thing or maybe a couple. And they, they, they focus on that until they knock that off. Then they go to the next thing. Well, that, that's important because one of the things I really want to ask you, MJ, is can anyone pick up one of your books and get started? I mean, like, what's the first step? Do you think people well, have to learn the behaviors you write about, or are some people just more predisposed to develop these traits naturally? Some people are more predisposed by the thinking talents they have. So what I, the executives that I work with, what I see is if they're highly goal-oriented or competitive because they want to win, and so they're, they're, or have learning, they, want, they have the ability to learn. It's one of their talents. It comes naturally to them that they're fascinated to learn. Those folks, it's easier. For the rest of us, we need to learn some of the habits that these that those people have in order to build in the ability to um, to, to change. Uh, and yes, you can buy, you can pick up any book and, and start. But the trick is practicing. Mm-hmm. You can read all the self help books in the universe, fabulous and wonderful ones. But if you don't actually do anything, the brain will not change because you have not. It takes. Doing to create the new pathway. Reading does not make a new pathway. <laughs> reading, reading does not. Is that what you said? <laughs> no. So you've got to then get out there, just like you're, if you're going to run for, you know, train for a marathon. You can't do it by sitting on your couch saying, "I think I should train for a marathon." Oh, it's really good if I train for a marathon. I know how to train for a marathon. You got to get running. <laughs> so, so to that point, what are the most important things to keep in mind when anyone is preparing to make? a substantial life change? Well, I think, first of all, you have to know where you're, where you're headed. So what am I trying to do? And what, so let's say more work-life balance. This is one I hear all the time. Okay, that's not, that's not an action. There's nothing, you've got to have, remember, you have to do something in order to change. So what are you going to do? That's, a, that's an aspiration, or we say we want to be more patient, or we want to be more organized, or we want to know how to, or we want to be a better uh, mentor to our people, whatever it is. None of those things are a goal. They're an aspiration. And it's wonderful. So you start with an aspiration, great, I want this, but what are you actually going to do in order to have, create this, cultivate this in yourself? So you have to figure out what the actions are. You have to then, um, then, have a system but that will remind you from the outside, whether that's a tr- uh, timer on your telephone, something that's written in your day planner, whatever it is, you've got to have an external reminder because you will forget because you do not have a pathway. And then you have to have a tracking system so you're checking in, how am I doing? Focusing on how you're doing it right and, and mining those situations for more data about how to do it even more. So... And when, are your, when it's a change you didn't ask for, you've got to also do some pre-work before you get to that point. You have to tend to your emotions. You have to get help. You've got to get out of that limbic system and into your prefrontal cortex. And from there, then you go and take all the steps that you would do as if you were doing it, um, you know, intention, intentionally. So from the intentional uh, standpoint, MJ, I, where I like what you said is, is especially around being specific around gratitude and specific around what you liked. Maybe you can give us an example because I think what you said, and again, this is the discipline piece of this as a leader, efforts, choices, and strategies 
is what someone should comment on. Cause and yourself, too. What were my efforts? What were my choices? What were my strategies? So maybe just give us an example. So if someone did something well around efforts, choices, and strategies. Yes. So um, let me think of one. Um, oh. Well, you know what? While you're thinking of one, we'll have a break. Come we're going to take a quick break, okay, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network Leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence? so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with MJ Ryan, and uh, she has a series of books, you know, Adaptability, How to Survive a Change You Didn't Ask For, and we're zeroing in on how do you use your, your brain as a leader in a really conscious way, and uh, I'm really appreciating the, the tips, MJ, you have. So before the break, we asked you to think about an example, because I think especially around gratitude and what most people do is if they, if they focus on what's right, they say, oh, thanks a lot, appreciate it. But I think going more deeply into what exactly what it was, one, will make it more genuine, uh, and two, it may help them to know what to repeat. So maybe you can give us an example because you said if you can talk about efforts, choices, and strategies. Exactly. So I'll, I'll, work, I'll th- give you an example of a client of mine. So she's an entrepreneurial CEO who's a scientist, actually, and she's very, very anxious. She's got an overactive limbic system. And she, when she came to me, she said, I haven't had a day in my life that I wasn't worried. So uh-huh. now she's gone full weeks. So when I talk to her, I say I praise her effort that, in fact, she has really implemented the techniques con- conscientiously and therefore they're working so she can count on herself to do what she says she's going to do. Uh, in terms of choices that she's made the choice to, what I helped her understand was one of her strengths as a leader is her ability to think logically. But when she would get stuck, she gets stuck in her limbic system, she wasn't using that capacity. So this, I gave her the strategy of asking what would thinking logically say I should do right now. And so I would then praise her for, for uh, using that thinking logically. So she would give me some example of what happened that week, and I'd say, okay, so you're thinking, what did you do thinking logically, said to do what, and she, she did it. So I then praised her for the choice that she made to use that instead of staying terrified. So that was an example. Well, that's huge. And um, and then just delineate with her, and I love that idea. Actually, I got this from a client. You know, of oh, I know when you give feedback, you're t- you're telling them what you want to repeat. And so yes. most of us don't take that opportunity. Say, well, this really worked well because, and then going into this the very specifics of it. Exactly. If you say good job, it's like whipped cream to the brain. But yeah. if you can say, uh, the fact that you stayed late last week and got those numbers in on time and they were accurate uh, made it possible for the rest of us to have uh, the, the following conversation that we needed in order to make this choice. Ta-da! Now they know, oh, okay, I, my accuracy, my reliability, my timeliness, those are things I have to, that I can work with. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that um, you're, you're saying, which I find incredibly interesting, is it's important for people to have awareness and understanding about themselves. Yes. The, the, there's fascinating research we were talking during the break by a guy named Daniel Siegel. He's from UCLA. Um, and he talks about that the, the ability of the mind to understand what the mind is doing. There's been all kinds of names for this, the witness self, the higher self, William Urey, the uh, Harvard School of Negotiation, calls it the balcony. But Daniel Siegel calls it mind sight. And I love that because it's the ability of the mind to see what the mind is doing. When we ha- the more we cultivate mind sight, the more we have the potential for making different choices and for having uh, greater success because we can see what our minds are doing and, and decide, do we want them to be doing that or do we want them to be doing something else? And the number one thing he has found that creates mindsight is meditation. Because mindfulness meditation is the practice of focusing your mind on a certain thing, which is your breath. And every 
time you notice it's gone off the breath, bring it back to the breath. That's it. But it builds the muscle of mindset because you're building the awareness of what your mind's, where your mind's going and making it come back. The good news for busy people is the research says it's only 10 minutes a day. If you practice the breathe, that kind of breathing meditation, mm-hmm. you will develop the mindset you need. Well, I think that's what's very useful about his stuff, um, being that five to ten minutes of really being in the moment, so that mindfulness of being in the moment and being open to what's coming in with, you, with your mind and being objective, where he talks a fair amount about not, not trying to say, oh, I shouldn't have that thought, or oh, I'm doing it wrong. It's you just, just no. pay it's, attention to it. And, and the good news there. is that it's the actual the fact of you noticing your mind's gone somewhere else and bringing it back, that is mindset. That <laughs> is what you're trying to get. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how many times you get, quote-unquote, distracted. It's the noticing the distraction that's the key piece. Well, and I think just for our listeners, that mindset he defines as insight into yourself and empathy into others. So mm, really that beautiful. kind of that uh, yes. personal and other focus. And that brings us again to the capacity of leaders, the emotional intelligence. You can't have emotional intelligence if you don't have mindset. Um, and so the more you cultivate this five to ten minutes a day, then the more you'll be able to know what your do- mind's doing and be able to, to feel into the minds of others. Outstanding. So we've been talking to uh, MJ Ryan about her book, Adaptability, but there are so many other books that you've written. I want to make sure that we mention them. We have This Year I Will, Happiness Makeover, Trusting Yourself, um, just wonderful, wonderful subjects about you know, things that, that people can really do to make a difference in, the, in, in their lives and how important gratitude is. Now, how can people get in touch with you, MJ? Yes, my website is mj-ryan.com. You can find all the books there. You can find t- tips and techniques there. So take a look. Uh, and you also have a blog? I do. Um, and if you, there's a link to the blog on the website. So if you just go to the website, you can find everything. Now, that's where I also found the 20 quick tips for surviving change mm-hmm. you didn't yes. ask for. Yes. And 10 resolution pitfalls. This has been outstanding. Thank you, MJ. And uh, for those of you who are interested in doing executive development with Dr. Relly Nadler and myself, Kathy Greenberg, please go to our websites and look for our new program, Excel, X-C-E-L, which is Excellence in Coaching Effective Leaders. We look forward to hearing from you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.